Hey baddies! So today is going to be a short and sweet episode for the most part because I cannot breathe. Um, my nose is itchy, my eyes are itchy, my throat is itchy basically. In honor of our beautiful Scorpio flower moon that is coming, uh, my allergies and all the pollen in the air, all the beautiful flowers in bloom have gone, uh-uh girl, you are not going to be feeling your best these past few days. I, I have allergies anyway, as most of you know from listening to this podcast. I am always sniffling a little bit, but today it is like next level. And I don't want to gross you out <laughs> or have a podcast full of sniffles, big, big sniffles, not cute little, you know, dainty sniffles <laughs> and a lot of sneezing. So we are just going to get straight to it this week. And um, we're going to talk about the full moon for a little bit. And then we're going to do our goddess card pull and then we're going to go back into our spells so we can be like actively working our witchcraft in this very crazy time when not only do we have more time to do it, but the world probably needs it a lot more than any other time. So oh, bear with me. I'm so sorry I sound like this. Um, yeah, I and it wasn't even that bad yesterday and I really should have recorded yesterday, but I got a last minute campaign for work and it was for this great uh global water charity. So I really wanted to work on that. So I was like, oh, I'll just do Tuesday, which y'all know I don't really like to do the day before just in case. And today I, I don't even know what I sound like. Just a ball of pollen, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But we're going to get through this episode. I didn't want to leave you without. Um, let's do a quick check-in. How's everyone doing? Are things better? hopefully worse, about the same. Um, I hope everyone's doing really well out there. I want to say a very big thank you to everyone who uh, donated and got readings for me in the past couple of weeks. I was able to make a really nice donation to our local uh, area food bank here, and they serve 11 parishes in Baton Rouge, which is amazing. I think I told y'all in the last episode that, um, you know, usually they serve 100,000 people per year. And right now in the midst of the pandemic, which is definitely still, <sighs> it's still raging everywhere, but definitely still in Louisiana, um, we're serving uh, 50,000 people a month. So that donation, though it wasn't, you know, thousands of dollars, it helped. And so I really appreciate anyone that did that. If you would still like to do a donation, uh you can Venmo me at uh, at Bad Witch Podcast and then just DM me on Facebook. I'll get the notification on my phone. So I'll be like, oh, yeah, I saw it come through. And then we can do your questions. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for doing that. It was really nice to just be able to give back a little bit. Sorry, I sound so gross. Okay, so <laughs> let's do um, – let's talk about Flower Full Moon real quick first because I found this good article on is it astrostyle.com the astro twins I really like to check them for horoscopes because you know I'm I'm not an astrology queen I'm not a cosmic witch I am a sea I was about to say I'm a water witch I've lost my mind I am a sea witch I am hereditary I uh dabble in hedge witchery even though I don't mean to it just happens in my sleep sometimes oh let me say that real quick so we have been having some uneasy sleeps in my house for a few weeks and so I just got out three cinnamon sticks uh, you know cinnamon is really good for protection and protection in the home in particular and I always travel with a stick of cinnamon and I took the three sticks that I have and I formed them into a triangle and I put uh, one piece do you call a crystal a piece, like a piece of this crystal? Huh, or one one stone? I'm gonna say piece. I'm not sure if that sounds right to the rest 
next to me, but I think I always do say it like that. Um, I took one piece of black tourmaline and I put it in the center of the triangle that I created with my cinnamon and uh, things have gotten a lot more peaceful around here. So if you're having um, some dream visitor perhaps issues, some shadow issues in your house, I found that that really helped for me. Um, I tried amethyst at first because, you know, amethyst and peaceful sleep really go hand in hand, but it was not cutting it. <laughs> so I was like, uh-uh, we're going to have to elevate this to a black stone. Got my black tourmaline. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Got my black tourmaline. Term Am I saying it wrong? Yo, I can't hear either because my ears are plugged. So my voice sounds crazy to me right now. So it, this is just going to be a crazy episode. Bear with me. I love you. Hopefully you'll still love me after this. My black tourmaline. There we go. And I put it dead in the center of this little triangle I created with my three cinnamon sticks and I placed it on the nightstand next to the side of the bed that was really active and things have calmed down a lot. So if you're looking for something, um, you know, a charm to put somewhere next to your bed or on your altar to keep things a little more peaceful, but also protected, uh, I would try that out because it's had a lot of success over here. I will say I have found it broken open a few mornings. So make sure that you're diligent about putting it back together. And so that triangle is unbroken and your stone is in the center because um, something's moving it a little bit. So, but not on my watch. <laughs> and I also do still have my amethyst because along with protection, it never hurts to have some peace. Anyway, so um, we're going to go and read about our super full moon. That's going to be in Scorpio. It's our last full moon of 2020. It is our flower moon, which, you know, the flower moon represents so many beautiful things. It's in... Also, in a lot of the readings I've been doing, whether they're Patreon readings or they're um, people opting to do like the goddess card for their donation reading, I've been getting so much Ostara. And I was like, well, that's strange because, you know, we've we've come past Ostara now. We've already like been in this period. Why is she popping up so much? And I think part, y'all, I'm sniffling so bad. I'm so sorry. I think part of it is that she is acknowledging that right now we are in a time where Though not per perfect circumstances at all, and not that your mind is clear of all kinds of worries and anxieties, those are definitely like not even in the background, but in the forefront for a lot of us. It is this dedicated time that we may never have again where you can work on things that you've always meant to work on or these these ideas and project ideas are coming to you for the first time because you have the space to like to not really have anything else going on, you know, and not to say that's a good thing, you don't have anything else going on, but the time and the space is there to create if that's something that is in your heart. So I was like, okay, maybe she's coming up so much for that reason. And then I was like, oh, it must be because of the flower moon. Because we're talking about these ideas of freshness and of abundance and of nature always returning and repeating itself in this cycle. <laughs> Am I okay? Jeez. This cycle that we're always in and, you know, with our festivals throughout the year and just with the way that nature just uh, functions on its own, we're always going to have like the colder and the darkness that comes back into the light and the freshness. We're always going to have this rebirth, right? So the flower moon is definitely going to represent that period for us. And so on one hand, it's this very abundant, beautiful, fruitful moon that we're about to get in. That's what it's representing. But it's also in Scorpio. So it's going to be intense, right? <laughs> now you all know, or if you don't know, I am a Pisces sun, I am a Cancer moon, and I am a Scorpio rising. Um, I am very much, I'm very much just water. I can't deny it. <laughs> I, I can't at all. As much as I like to masquerade as a fire sign at times, I am 
all water, baby. And I have always felt most closely aligned with being my rising sign. So for Scorpio, for me, it's like, yes, I will level up. I will be at my best. So everything that I'm about to read to you from this uh, Astro Twins article, no shade to Scorpios if you're picking up anything. I know Scorpios is one of those signs I feel that gets a little derided, kind of like um, Libra, kind of like Gemini, you know, Sagittarius, like a lot of jokes about them. But I love Scorpios. So uh, that's my disclaimer when reading this. If you hear any Scorpio slander, it's not coming from me. I am really excited about this. Oh, Full Moon is coming on May 7th, by the way, which is Thursday. So I'm really excited about it. I think that it's going to flip things around for us. Maybe not in the sense of like a global pandemic, but I think for us personally. So if you're a Scorpio or a Scorpio rising or moon, you know, one of one of those three major ones. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be a really nice sign for like regeneration. That's the word that I'm getting right now. So let's read this article. And then we're gonna do our goddess pull. And then we're gonna go back into our spells. Did I already say that? I truly can't remember because I'm so congested. Okay. So I will post this to the Facebook group when I inevitably forget. Just remind me. <laughs> I'll post it. Oh, I still I still need to post. Um, shoot, the book I was reading for the little Book of Witchcraft. Someone remind me too, I can post um, what the book looks like. And if there's any specific spells that y'all um, have questions about or just didn't feel like writing down, it's fine. I will just post the actual picture of it for you so you can have it and just like save it. But uh, yeah, someone remind me to do that because I'm sure I'll forget. Anyway, so this is from AstroStyle.com. This is Astro Twins, if you're not familiar. And uh, this is all about the Scorpio full moon. So to conceal or reveal, that is the question, and the paradox of the 2020 Scorpio full moon. This esoteric zodiac sign isn't comfortable being exposed by the full moon, but it's going to be a hard, it's going to be hard to keep secrets in the vault near May 7th. Uh-oh. <laughs> right, right past the block. Turn it over to this transformational full moon full moon. Y'all know I have such a hard time with the word moon. Uh, for some deep processing and healing. As a, sign of, as a sign of extremes, Scorpio energy can draw out both our darkest shadows and our most enlightened selves. And that's really interesting because, so for a long time, I'm just going to talk about myself for a second. Uh, for a long time, I had my birth chart wrong. That is how much of a cosmic witch I am not. And I thought that I was a Libra rising instead of a Scorpio rising, which to an extent made sense to me because I, I actually, no, I was about to defend it, but no, I was just wrong. <laughs> Read over Libra. It's like, you're trying to establish balance. Like there are the scales and it's, you know, it's a little bit of this, a little bit that, and you're really trying to make them meet in the middle. But once I realized I was a Scorpio rising, which I always felt like I was, I always was like, man, I really wish I was born in October, not just because, you know, it's just the best part of the year to me, but because this is what I feel aligned with. And that comment about extremes is exactly my personality. Like there's no moderation, good and bad. Like, I mean, literally good and bad, so we're talking extremes, but I mean, it can be like, I'm really fearless about traveling by myself, which to some people can be a good thing and to some people it can be a bad thing. But also like with my eating and my GERD and everything, I am in extremes. It's either like, oh, I'm eating so well that it's almost like I should be eating more. It's like I'm totally binging. Like I have a hard time finding just moderation in all aspects of my life. And that I think is such my Scorpio part coming out. So it was just interesting that, you know, Scorpio is an extreme sign. It is like this, that, or the other. And I know a lot of, <laughs> not to generalize, but I, I have met a lot of Scorpios that are like, you're going to love me or you're going to hate me. There's no in between. I wonder if Danielle Staub is a Scorpio. We don't need to talk about Real Housewives. Okay, back to our article. <laughs> the 
the moon is also a super moon, like the March and April full moons it follows this year. It's also the last super moon of 2020. Isn't that crazy too? It's just like super moon, super moon, super moon. Like, you know what I mean? A supermoon means it appears slightly larger in view. According to the Old Farmer's Almanac, Native Americans refer to the full moon as in May as the flower moon for somewhat obvious reasons, because this is the month where everything comes in a full bloom. Hi, allergies. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to share this one is because they have nine ways in here that you can work with this full moon and you can prepare for it. So it really breaks it down super well. Here are nine ways to channel the mysterious and power-packed 2020 Scorpio full moon to your advantage. Number one, get intimate. Scorpio is also known as the sex sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't deep dive that too much, but if you know, you know. <laughs> and rightly so. Anyone who's been with a Scorpio will attest to the sign's addictive powers. Hello, soul commuting bedroom action. <laughs> yes. Uh, Scorpio full moon is known for delivering pregnancies, marriages, divorces, sex dreams, or just the hottest we almost ripped each other's clothes off but resisted buildup of your life. If you're not trying to come out of Corona with a Corona baby, take extra caution during the full moon. Hey, May 7th, maybe like back off it a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but make no mistake, you're not heading for a casual encounter under these moonbeams. Intimacy is soulful. Scor Intimacy is soulful Scor Scorpio's natural domain, and the sign can also spark obsessive attractions. Scorpio is a zodiac sign that rules merging from joint finances to living space uh, to letting someone know your deep, dark secrets. All of these things require vulnerability and trust and often a journey through your own unconscious shadow to be able to share at this level. Number two, unlock your power chakra. Shimmy those hips, rock that pelvis, and awaken your second chakra. I really like that. <laughs> just do some belly dancing, you know, just let it all loose. Uh, this energy center in the body is associated with money and sex, both Scorpio terrain. When the chakra is blocked, your sex drive may dip and you may struggle to attract or keep money. That's really relevant to us right now because we were talking about like money and prosperity spells, you know, so make sure that that chakra, like we talked about in our chakra episode, it's not, you know, dim and, and blinking and really trying to shine that it's big and bright. Like, a, I always think of them as jewels. I think I told you all that. And so I was thinking of it as like this big, beautiful, bright jewel that's like emanating, but also full of like magical liquid. I, that sounds crazy, right? But I almost think of them as full of like juice, like mat, like pow I sound crazy, like, um, like a magical potion. That's what I'm trying to say. So I think of them as not, not empty vessels or chakras. And so when they're big and blown up, great, but they also should have like that magic potion inside of them. That's just how I'm able to conceptualize them. Uh, movement can get the chi flowing to your erotic center and reproductive organs again. Whew, the Scorpio moon, y'all better work condoms and use birth control. I'm serious. If you're not trying to come out with a Corona baby, don't get caught up by Scorpio. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, try a burlesque class online. Great. Or if you could, I know there's some, a lot of Zoom instruction where people are doing all kinds of uh, dance classes. So that would be awesome. Do you want me to do one? You know, I, uh, I don't know if I've told y'all, but I trained in ballet for like 18 years and dance pro for a little while. So if you would like me to uh, do a ballet class on Zoom, not necessarily witchy, but we could put some kind of elements in it. <laughs> I could do that. Let me know. Um, Try burlesque class online or invent your own seduction dance. Mm. Perform it for yourself in the mirror because your turn on is the most important one. That is so true. Number three, release yourself from financial obligations. <clears throat> Scorpio rules the Zodiac's eighth house of wealth and joint finances. It governs the money we borrow, inherit, 
inherit and owe. Make a plan for how you'll pay off any outstanding loans, even if that means renegotiating uh, a small amount monthly that's greater than just the interest or asking for a lower interest rate. This is a great time to do it too, because hopefully all these corporations that are getting bailed out, hmm, because they always do, we never do, but they always do, not going to get political, um, they... I have heard have been really kind of more gracious about lowering rates and extending time and, you know, working with people on their payment plans. So this is an opportune time to do it when we all are stressed about money. The energy and intention um, are what sets the momentum forward. Feeling bold? Cut up a credit card or cancel some unused subscriptions. Are you debt-free and financially solvent? Explore smarter ways to invest the money you do have. Scorpio is associated with our long-term investments, like real estate or portfolio of stocks and bonds. Buy low, sell high. Okay, I just got really excited because if you follow me on Instagram uh, or for like friends on my personal Facebook, I've gotten obsessed with the stock market. I... I I'm on it like six or seven times a day. I'm checking my stocks constantly. I am like trying to find new th things to acquire, reading articles, learning about it. So if that's something that you're interested in, the time is nigh with Scorpio ruling or eighth house, you know? So yeah, the seventh might be a good time to dip a toe in and maybe buy your first share. I And the market's down right now. It is having <coughs> a bad few days. So it's a really good time to buy. Like I said, buy low, sell high. If you want to talk to me about stocks, I'm happy to slide to my DMs. Again, not necessarily a witchy thing, but maybe I can come up with a spell to like help us with the stock market or something. You know, make sure you have your um, make sure you have your basil plant right next to you when you're trying to invest in your stocks. Your your stocks, your like intuitions leading you to the ones that are really gonna pay off. But yeah, I become obsessed with it, so it's a great time. That's a non-witchy side note, but if you're into stocks and trading, get at me. Okay, so number four, find a worthy obsession. Oh, gosh. Okay, anyway, we'll, we'll circle back to what I was just thinking. Scorpio is the sign of power and control. The trait gets a bad rap, uh-huh, but truth is to be, a moral, to be a mortal is to not control freak. Let me try that again. To be a mortal is to be a control freak of sorts. So rather than try to change this utterly human trait, decide what's worthy of getting all worked up about instead. Find a pursuit to obsess over something that makes the world a better place. The double chin your front-facing phone camera gives you totally not worth your time. True. The person who doesn't return your text, hell no, hell no. Dump him in a figurative sense because you can't actually see people face to face right now. Um, a GoFundMe for struggling community center or to raise money for food bank. That's more like it. Yes, we're all on the right track. Lean into the things that will boomerang you back with positive energy. That is so important, especially right now. And if you're like me and you deal with um, mental illness, especially depression, anxiety, which are <laughs> my big two, um, you, you do get... And, uh, I don't know if I want to, anyway, um, I'll just say this. I do deal as part of my mental illness, uh, complex with them all together. I do deal with issues with obsessing and obsession. You can kind of, you know, figure out what I'm talking about. And <clears throat> that's something I've had to be very careful with. It's something I've really had to get a hold over as I've gotten older. And sometimes it can be obsessing about, um, like a person, a situation, a topic, a relationship. And sometimes it can be obsessing about like, did I, lock my front door and did I turn off the water in the bathroom or did I turn off the stove and it's I get into this repetitive cycle of like having to get up and trek and not being able to find peace in those moments whether it is those little little kind of repetitive obsessions or it's like these obsessions with like relationships you know and, and guys or girls or whoever it may be at the time um or like a, a 
filling out job applications or putting in a campaign application and just sitting every day being like, am I going to get it? Am I going to get it? You know? And so if we can harness our obsessions away from the things that are toxic to us and put them into the things that are good for us, it will let us harness the energy of this full moon and go into this blooming period and not this waning period, you know, and just have like this beauty and we'll find ourselves blooming and flowering if we're putting all our energy into manifesting good as opposed to staying in the bad, you know, that's why I say with the stock market, like it's, I have money in it. So it is a little stressful, but it's so fun to me and it's so exciting and it changes hour by hour, minute by minute sometimes that to me, I'm like, ah, I can look at this all day. So I've replaced some bad obsessions with that and it's been really great. So, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have obsessions or to want to feel senses of control. Like this is telling us, but, um, it's about what you're obsessed about. So yeah, if donating to the food bank, finding a charitable thing to work with, taking a Zoom dance class like I had, doing a Zoom happy hour, like get obsessed with that kind of stuff. Get obsessed with texting and talking to your friends all day. Don't get obsessed with FaceTime if your friends don't like that because people keep trying to FaceTime me and I hate it. <laughs> but, or get obsessed with um, reading books. Get obsessed with practicing your spells. Get obsessed with... Uh, you know, finding local businesses to patronize, all kinds of things like that. And let's try to move our way, ourselves away from like the dark side of obsession, right? Because it's easy. <laughs> it's easy to get stuck there. All right. Number five, don't hate, reincarnate. Scorpio is a ruler of psychic and mystical phenomenon, including reincarnation. If you haven't read Scorpio, Brian Weiss's or Weiss? Weiss's many lives, many masters. It will change how you think about death and the soul. It is a good in a good way forever. Ooh, I want to read that. Has anyone read that out there? Let me know. Uh, explore past life regression theory or read up on your north and south nodes to learn more about your own past life karma and future destiny by the stars. Number six, make a foggy area crystal clear. The devil is in the details, and Scorpio's laser vision never misses a thing. Where in your life you have left things a little fuzzy around the edges, <coughs> it would be affecting you more than you realize. Take tangible actions, make a call, send an email, apologize to someone, tell the truth, whatever. Just do it. Precision is a Scorpio's aim. Uh, yeah. This is, again, making me think of it when we are seeing the face of the full moon. We know that there's a dark side, right? What we're seeing is illuminated and then there's a side behind it that isn't and so with the Scorpio in particular the question is like are you going to dwell in the space of light or are you going to dwell in the space of darkness so it's just like a continual conversation we should be having with ourselves setting intentions we should be doing with ourselves and conscious decisions that we're making to dwell in the light while we have this like a super moon in particular that's so large and it's so bright and it's emanating so much out to us so we should be making sure that we're, and especially with like a flower moon too, that we are regenerating. That's the word I told y'all before that keeps coming to me and that we are kind of absolving ourselves of things, but we're also fixing things and we're telling the truth about things and we're getting away from those darker tendencies. <clears throat> Number seven, get in touch with your soulmate for a minute. Just a minute. <laughs> we live in a world of high performance achievements competition, but everyone could use a little support from the spiritual realm. Tuck away that superhero cape and ask spirit guides, guardian angels, the universe, whatever you want to call it for a sign. Close your eyes and be where you are. Whether you do a guided meditation or take a few moments of silence, this practice has been shown to boost brain health. And, um, sorry, <laughs> sometimes when I snivel, I lose my place. I'm ridiculous. I literally changed the brain, putting you in uh, the serene state of flow that's in, in sync with the 2020 Scorpio full moon. Number eight, nurture a hidden talent. Got a half-finished novel sitting in your hard drive? Don't this 
Scorpio's dragging me, but I deserve it. Um, sketchbooks filled with abstract line drawings that would make gorgeous minimalist, minimalist prints. With the illuminating full moon beaming into Scorpio's fall, it's going to be hard to hide your light under a bushel. So don't. <laughs> That's for me too. Did you know that a creative block can masquerade as boredom or inexplicable inexplicable fatigue that creeps up every time you're about to start a project. If you've been feeling stymied, pick up a copy of Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way and liberate your creative forces. Absolutely. Again, that's like, I keep thinking Ostara is popping in my head again. And she keeps showing me like a wreath of, a wreath of flowers that has been completed. So you like complete the circle and you put in all of the work until it's done. And I'm one to always leave like, I'll do, I'll do seven eighths of the work and then I'll leave one flower off so I can't close it up and make sure it's complete. So let's all make sure we're harnessing and finishing things and not letting, uh, quote unquote, boredom and distraction get in our way. Because again, there's no time like the present. When are we ever going to have this much time again? And finally, number nine, channel the Phoenix and rise, baby. Scorpio rules power, control, and transformation. It's the mythic Phoenix that rises from the ashes of destruction. What in your life needs to be needs to symbolically die so that something new can be born? Again, here's Astara. We're talking about the flowers. We're talking about the blooming again. We're talking about rebirth. Let it go or at least release your grip and allow the 2020 Scorpio moon to transmute it. Transmute it. <laughs> <coughs> but remember that sometimes the only way out is through. Scorpio has four phases of evolution. Under this full moon, you could find yourself going low before you go high. In its most basic state, Scorpio is the ground-dwelling scorpion who stings every fear-evoking passerby. Second is the serpent, who charms and enchants but can be deadly venomous when threatened. Third comes the observant but predatory eagle, taking in its sweeping views from high overhead and nesting with its lifelong mate. The most transcendent Scorpio form is the phoenix, who rises from the ashes of destruction and shows you the remaining signs of life. So... We have nine things to keep in mind, nine things to work on, nine things to get us through. Because, you know, for some of us, we really thrive during the Scorpio, uh, sorry, during any full moon. And for some of us, we sleep for 36 hours and then we're like, well, now what? <laughs> so it's always better to go and prepare. Oh, and I was going to say, too, um, for saying, you know, working, finishing out that novel on your hard drive, um, you know, working on a painting you haven't finished, all a, working on a needlepoint you've been meaning to get to. It's also a great time to put more touches onto your grimoire. Oh my gosh, I'm having such a hard time with words today. Your grimoire, your book, <laughs> your book of shadows is a great time to place in spells you've been meaning to do, do notations, you know, add in colors, make it your own, any ways you've been wanting to individualize it. You know, take all those notes and actually put it into your book and bind it together so that it's more of a complete piece. I mean, obviously it's something that's always going to be evolving as you're growing as a witch and in your practice and things you're learning and trying and see what works for you and what doesn't. But um, I know for me, like, I'm really good at taking notes, but I'm really bad at putting them all together. <laughs> I'll have scattered notes just everywhere on my phone, in notebooks, um, written on my hand, written on pieces of paper when it comes to me, especially because my brain does work like that, where it's like a quick succession thing and I don't... Uh, I don't really always have linear thought. Things will just pop in my head. Like when I'm talking to all of you and Ostara will show up or like Gabriel will show up, whoever I'm talking about, whoever I'm talking about at the time. And so I'll just scribble things, but I'm really bad at actually placing them together and making something cohesive and useful out of it. So it's a great time to focus on that too. Okay. So let's do our goddess card pull and see who is with us in this period of, uh, what are we in right now? Pandemic. I almost said poltergeist. That's weird. Huh. Um, and then we're going to go into our spells. I don't know why I keep telling you the order. We're going to do it. I told you like three times. So anyway, let's see who comes up. 
We've got someone very, very special today. I don't know. This might be her first time on the podcast. I, I can't really remember. I mean, we've had so many episodes at this point, and I've talked for 2,000 hours. But um, this is Kwon Yin. I'm showing you the card, as always, that you can't see. But I'll post a picture of her. <laughs> and um, her meaning is compassion. When I first got my deck, she is the first goddess that ever appeared to me. And so I've always had a very, very special kinship with her. I feel like in many ways, she is one of my um, goddess. <sighs> Has she... Was she? No, no, no. I think I'm thinking of someone else. And when we when we did the uh, guide to know your goddesses episode, but she's very, very special to me. And I was thinking that because I was thinking of the Lotus, and then I was thinking about um, Lakshmi, and I was thinking about a couple of the other Hindu goddesses. But anyway, Lotuses are obviously pretty ubiquitous throughout uh, a lot of religions, and they have a lot of beautiful symbolism. So Kuan Yin, she was one. Of, she was the first one to ever appear to me. So there's a very much a special kinship between us, and um, I definitely feel like she's one of my goddess guides. Um, I don't necessarily always get her when I'm asking them who's with me right now, what should I be focusing on, but I feel her always there. She's Her presence is always there. So her meaning is compassion. Release judgments about yourself and others and focus on the love and light that is within everyone. Again, very timely with the Scorpio moon, focusing on not staying in that shadow and in the darkness, but in all of that amazing light that's going to be just branching out because it's going to be humongous. That's why I love super moons. It feels like you could like reach out and sit on it if you wanted to. Okay, so her message. Gentleness is the strength behind true power, and it comes from feeding yourself with nourishing words, thoughts, deeds, intentions, and all forms of food. Shielding yourself from harshness by placing an intention to attract only kind and gentle life lessons and relationships. Transform harshness into gentleness by refusing to see anything but the shining light that within, that's within each person and situation. This intention begins with your relationship with yourself. Be very gentle with yourself in all ways. Be happy, be kind, be sweet, but most of all, be true to yourself. And then the meanings associated with her card are release guilt and shame to heaven for healing and transmutation. Keep your thoughts about yourself and others positive. Avoid gossip or bad-mouthing of yourself and others. And remember, we had a gossip spell in last week's episode. Um, forgive yourself or another. Don't be hard on yourself or others. Relief, release perfectionist tendencies. <sighs> Doesn't she make you feel peaceful? Like, I still can't breathe and everything's itching. But now I feel such a profound sense of peace because she's shown up. She... There's a lot of cards in my deck, also like Mother Mary, who I think has come up on the podcast before. I mean, I'm obviously in like an effort to introduce you to all of them at some point, but with forgiveness where it has to start with you and then it go, you are able to extend it to others, you have to forgive yourself first. It's the same with compassion. You can't be compassionate with other people if you don't have any compassion for yourself. And that does come from forgiving yourself and being gentle with yourself and understanding you haven't done something so awful that you can't recover from it and you don't deserve your own redemption or our word of the week, regeneration, right? So it is a great time with the Scorpio moon to focus on that. And just this idea of like flowers, rebirth, cycles, freshness, it's all coming in at this time. So it's going to be a really powerful day on the 7th. It's going to be a really powerful moon. Please go put out your moon water, use it for your spells, use it to cleanse your crystals, you know, drink it if you have made it potable. <laughs> don't, if you put anything crazy in it, don't do that. Um, you know, enjoy uh, moon your moon stone right now. Use it more prevalently in your practice. Take a good old-fashioned moonstone and amethyst bath and, bath and line it up. When I say line it up, because I know people have questions about this, don't put the rocks down in the bathtub because it's going to hurt your butt. If you sit on it. When I say line it up, I just mean line it up on the rim of your bathtub if you have room. Um, but yeah, it's a great time to work with your moonstone. 
always have a little amethyst in there because it's our dreamy, you know, peace bringing stone. And Kuan Yin is a great goddess to call on to make sure that you are practicing compassion for thyself first. So <laughs> I had to go into my old English a little bit to really drive it home, but she is wonderful. Okay, so let's get into our spells. <clears throat> okay, so I just wanted to read you a few things from the Modern Witches Spell Book because I just... <laughs> I just love this book. If you're new here, this is the first, or you haven't um, heard the episode, this is the first spell book I ever bought when I was 11 or 12. I was I was somewhere between 11 and 13. I, so that would be 12, right? <laughs> somewhere between like 11, 13, 14, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Or maybe 10? I hear, I know the first spell book I ever like picked up and read a spell out of and committed, committed it to heart for life. Like I still remember to this day. Venus answer my plea, bring so and so where I plan to be. And when we finally talk and share, let the magic fill the air. I was ten, I was ten because I was in fourth grade and I did it on a boy that I had a crush on in fourth grade. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> this is the first one I actually bought, and it was not that long after that time period. And I just wanted to share a few things with you from it, more because I just really enjoy the way this book is written. It's very old school, and I remember you know when I would go and visit it. Uh, kind of when I was like a preteen, I was like, how am I going to work these spells? This is so complicated. So this isn't necessarily to follow. This is just because I immensely enjoyed this. And just to give you an idea of like what the book's like, if you've been thinking about getting it and also um, some different kind of magic. So this one is for catching a man. An excellent love charm for a beginning witch to try her hand at because it exercises the powers of concentration and requires the mind to focus over a period of time on the intended victim. <laughs> not victimize anyone. It's also a fairly simple one to make, and it demonstrates the use of symbolic magic connections. Here we go. Take some earth from the footprint of the man you love. More easily done by country or beach witches, this feat requires ingenuity in the city. Perhaps you can catch him in the park or arrange to drop a flower pot of dirt just where he is about to step to catch his prince. I love it. I love it so much. Put the earth in a pot and plant a sunflower in it. As the sunflower flourishes, your man's love for you will blossom. So imagine me, like 12, being like, how the hell am I going to get this man's like footprint? Best case scenario, because we were in, you know, elementary or middle school at the time, like, go get some sand out of a sandbox for, like, the younger kids and trick them into stepping into it and then taking it home in a Ziploc bag, you know? So when I got this book, I was, like, quite discouraged about this kind of thing because I was like, I guess I'll just never get the guy I like because I don't know how to get a footprint. But if uh, you are a country green witch or a beach witch or a garden witch or you, a greenhouse witch, maybe you'll have more success in this than I will. But I just, I loved that so much. Um, let's see. Okay, we're gonna skip ahead a little bit. Unless you're the proud owner of a garden or a landscape terrace, this seems little hope of you coming across a willow. Oh, this is about using a willow tree. A willow tree in the city. Such a tree is required in the following English spell to catch a husband. Incidentally, this one is also recommended for beginners. Stalk your lover. Again, don't stalk anyone. Um, you know, perhaps if it can be more serendipitous and you just end up at the same place at the same time. And when you can, secretly remove the earth from his footprint. Take it to a willow tree and carefully carefully bury it near, near the trunk. While doing this, mutter the following incantation with a requisite feeling, concentration, and projection. Green grass and willow tree, his captured soul, I bring to thee. Grow his love, grow for me, as green grows the willow tree. 
So that's the kind of stuff that's in this book. Not to say that it's not all helpful and it's not interesting and it doesn't give you a conception about how to work with spells and how to make your own spells at some point, but it is definitely from a different time period. And it doesn't necessarily um, talk about the importance of consent and love spells, which we all know is very, very important. This is one I also really like. Um, if you want a man to just, you know, really be taken with you, find a triple yoked egg. Give it to him, fried. He'll find you irresistible. <laughs> like, where does one get a triple yoked egg? And how, egg, I say that's so weird. And how am I going to give it to him? Like, I have to, how many eggs am I going to have to crack in this situation? And how am I going to serve it to him fried? I know, I just love it so much because a lot of it is like folkloric, country, um, old English, uh, just and different different uh, roots to kind of magic. It is out there. This is also when I remember when I was about 12 being like, huh, and this is about using rose petals. Now, this one is more conceivable, honestly. Uh, you just It depends on how brave you are. So, uh, rose petals attract love. The moon is in Venus's realm. A flower garden is a place of abundance of happiness. Taken together, they are powerfully symbolic, and you can force focus your telepathic force through them. Go for a walk, naked, in the light of the moon. In a flower garden and cast behind you as you go handfuls of rose petals. You will attract the lover you want. So, hey, no time like the present on May 7th and our Scorpio moon that rules over sex anyway, right? You might as well get out there, get naked, and get those uh, rose petals and get them going. Especially you green witches out there that do have like a thriving flower garden and it's a powerful moon. It's all coming full circle. So yeah, this is just the stuff that's in here and I really love that about this book. It's not necessarily the most practical, but it's it's very, very fun. Um, <clears throat> okay, here's one more. So what this next love charm does is help increase the odds, but first you must choose a likely man, one whose brains are in order and whose uh, neuroses aren't self-destructive. Good point. Then to snare him, invite him to dinner. But first, make a stew of beef and lamb and season it with majorum and rosemary. Put in three or four cloves of garlic to keep away the evil eye. Very important. <sighs> And a large pinch of salt to keep off all other evil influences. Good point. Now, follow your nails over the stew so that the dust from them falls in it and pluck, pluck one or two hairs from all parts of your body and add them. <sighs> Y'all. <laughs> These are your physical connections to him and will give you the upper hand. Okay, so. Again, these are very, like, old school <laughs> folkloric kind of like root uh not root magic but uh, like uh uh what am I trying to think of y'all my brain is so clogged <clears throat> but like the kind of magic that is definitely from a tradition as opposed to something that may work for our us modern witches so you don't have to physically put parts of yourself in there I would not recommend giving people fingernail dust filings and hair but there are ways that you can add your intentions into it without having it having to be so literal that they ingest parts of you. You know what I'm saying? So let's get past that. If you do like the recipe, though, and you want to update it. Um, when your stew is done, serve it gleefully. He'll be helplessly drawn to you. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good kitchen witch spell. It's a good one that we can cook up in our cauldron and serve. But, you know, maybe skip over the um, DNA. Putting your DNA in it is probably good Anyway, I just wanted to share a few things because I, I love this. It's just, it's really fun. So um, if you've been curious about this book, that's kind of the, the tone of it. Okay, so going on to our more traditional <laughs> uh, spells for this week. This is from the Wicca Bible. 
this is what I always call like my witchcraft 101 book. This was a really good starter for me. Um, I am not Wiccan. This is not a Wiccan podcast, but it's similar. You know, we pick, if you're an eclectic witch like I am, you pick and choose and share and kind of mold something together that works for you. And so if you are a Wiccan, heads up, this is going to be the section for you. And if you aren't, it's, it's still extremely relevant. So these are the popular spells from our Wicca Bible. Healing spell. Healing takes many forms and applies itself to many purposes, but be, <clears throat> sorry, be clear that healing magic is not about curing terminal diseases, performing miracles. Yes, of course. This is not something that is going to reverse this pandemic. Um, remember, you are working with the flow, not against it. If those suffering with terminal or chronic illnesses feel that they will benefit from having strength, commerce, tranquility sent to them, then this is the healing that we can send. Sometimes spells... Oh, sorry, I'm, so, I'm like so congested. Um, sometimes spells do have remarkable results, but the truth is that we cannot change some things, but if we can offer others things that are needed, then we do. That's what I really like about the Wicca Bible is that, so as much for the modern witches spell book as it's kind of flowery and not, not to say that it's not real and serious, but it's kind of flowery and exaggerated to an extent and, um, just a bit more out there. I like that this is very like, these are the things you need to know. This is the proper way to approach it. This is realistic, you know? So I really appreciate this. Um, okay. So your spell timing as the spell is for healing, work it on a waxing or full moon. No time like the present Sunday ruled by the sun is the most auspicious day, but give priority to the moon phase preparation prior to casting the spell. Try to identify exactly what is needed. Pinpoint it to its simplest expression so that you can concentrate on the core issue and focus the energy where it is needed most. <clears throat> you will <clears throat> you will need blue candle, eight inches in length, matches, fine paintbrush, small square plain paper, dot of red watercolor paint, small bowl of water. Casting the spell. One, light the candle saying, welcome element of water, patron of healing and cleansing. Witness and empower the changes I weave in your name. Two, paint a red X on the center of the paper saying, I name thee, in the person's name, uh, pain, fear, anxiety. So you're like addressing the thing that you're trying to heal. Number three, hold the paper before you in both hands. Sorry, hold the paper before you in both hands and focus on the X. Imagine the supplicant's problem encapsulated inside the symbol. Four, now place the paper in the bowl of water and move it around so that the paint disperses in the water and chant. I wash away this pain's offense. Be ye gone, be ye gone, and get ye hence. Number five, when the X is a pale smudge, remove the paper, crumple it up, and throw it away. Number six, pour the water into the earth immediately after the circle is saying, so mote it be. One of our favorite phrases, right? On to our love spell. This spell is suitable for those who are ready for love to come to them. It signal. I think, crazy little thing called love, we did this one, but let's revisit it. Um, it signals that the supplicant is at a place in their lives where a loving relationship is desirable. It is most effective if the person asking for a new love carries out the spell for themselves. Otherwise, it is perfectly acceptable to cast the spell for someone else, provided that you are convinced that they are prepared to trust their wish, their wish to spirit. Either way, it is necessary for the person asking for magical help to supply the crystals in this spell. Yes. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. And you accidentally are using your own and then, <laughs> hello, here it comes. You weren't ready, but I guess you are now. 
Timing. Cast a spell on a waxing moon, preferably on a Friday. As you know, Friday is ruled by Venus. Preparation. Leave this water, uh, leave the water for the spell out in the moonlight prior to casting the circle. Uh, in magic, the moon is a patron of the tides and the spell asks that the, that a lover come to the supplicant at the right time. You will need, um, I, th I think all of the spells in this book are, uh, spells that you would work inside of a circle once it's cast. As you know, I am not one necessarily to always cast a circle. I really like to work at my altar. Um, up to you, up to you. Uh, you will need red candle, eight inches, matches, small tumbled rose quartz, small tumbled clear quartz, chalice or a glass, water, four fluid ounces. I love how specific this is. Red cloth, four inches, a square and a cord, 24 inches in length. Casting the spell. One, light the red candle saying, passion burn bright like the moon above me that I will meet with one who will love me. Two, Hold the rose quartz in your hand and the clear quartz in the other and visualize yourself walking on a seashore. A new love walks out of the waves towards you. Again, you see that imagery of like Venus emerging from the water. Okay. Um, as you walk towards each other, bring your hands together and transfer the clear stone from to the hand holding the rose quartz. Place the, Number three, place the stones in the chalice and pour in the water saying, may the light of the moon bring the gift I desire. Washed in by the tide, and blessed by the fire. Number four, this fire is the candle flame which should be allowed to burn down completely. Yes, complete the spell. Number five, leave the stones in the chalice for three days, remove them, and place together in the red cloth which should be tied tightly into a pouch with the cord and worn around your neck for one moon cycle. <clears throat> Wealth and wheel spell. These days, there is a tendency to see wealth as having more money than you could ever spend. However, wealth in ancient societies carried a slightly different meaning, meaning and one that we would do well to learn from. It means having sufficient for your needs. Yes, do not hoard wealth. It's a terrible trait. The term wheel from which wealth is derived referred to the yield of the land that accrued to the one that cultivated it. In a modern sense, wealth and wheel imply material things that are needful and the capacity by which to ensure them. If we are considering casting the spell, do ensure that what you are asking for is needful. This is not a greed spell, right? This is a wealth and wheel spell. Very, very important to note. Timing. Cast on the waxing moon for gain and on a Thursday ruled by generous Jupiter, the best planet. Okay, preparation. Note especially in the case of spells for wealth that enchantments for this is the method of uh, for the spell tend to work best if you focus on the outcome only and leave the method to the wonders of the web of magic. Yeah. Uh, try to focus on the results you wish to achieve and do not be tempted to speculate on how this will come. Uh, you will need a green candle, eight inches, matches, bread, pea-sized crumbs, Milk, three drops, sugar, one teaspoon, disused spider's web, and a saucer. Casting the spell. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Number one, light the candle saying, goddess of the earth, goddess of the hearth. I plant the spell to bring forth wealth. Two, allow the bread to soak up the milk, then roll it in the sugar and place inside the web. Three, holding the bread and the web in your cupped hands, visualize the desired outcome while chanting, silver of moon, gold of sun, cast the spell and be it done. Four, when you feel that you have thoroughly chanted your desire into the bread, sugar, milk, and web, place them in the saucer. Five, allow the candle to burn down completely in, in safety, then bury the mixture in earth 
preferably your garden or window box as soon as possible the next day. <clears throat> Sorry. I have to stop apologizing because I know that's as annoying as hearing me cough, but I feel like compelled to. Employment or promotion spells. This versatile spell can be used for gaining employment or moving ahead if you've already if you already have a job. It can also be used if you are applying to go to college or university or gaining voluntary work with interest to you. It calls upon air, the element of communication, since gaining advancement often depends on how well you articulate your abilities and aspirations. Naturally, this spell assumes that you are qualified for the post <laughs> or promotion for which you are applying. Yes, magic cannot give you something which you are not been prepared to work towards. Absolutely. Okay, so timing. Cast on a waxing moon to bring you your desire and work on Wednesday. Dedicated to Mercury, which is, of course, our communication planet. Preparation. You will notice the caveat in the spell. And it harm none. We know that, right? Um, although this is an assumption for all spell work, it is explicitly stated here to emphasize that you choose the right post at the right time suited both to you and to those with whom you will be working. You will need a yellow candle, eight inches, matches, charcoal dust, fireproof dish, benzoin gum, a uh, half teaspoon, lavender seeds, a half a teaspoon, and sycamore keys, three. Casting the spell. Number one, light the candle saying, Mercury, fleet and swift, witness and empower my wish. Two, light the charcoal disc in the fireproof dish. <laughs> and when it's red hot, place the benzoin gum, that word's so hard for me, um, on it saying, bring success and it harm none. So there's repetition in that. Next, sprinkle the lavender onto the dish saying, carry my wish and it harm none. Four, press the sycamore keys between your palms and visualize your desired outcome. <clears throat> Take a deep breath, summoning your will into it and exhale completely onto the keys. Place the keys on the desk and allow them to burn completely. That's number five. Six, before dawn the next day, bury the cold ashes beneath a flourishing tree or a potted plant. I would recommend, again, a basil plant for that one if you have it. Okay, our fertility spell. As midwives and as, and as layers out of the dead, the wise women and cunning man of a tribe or village were immediately connected with key physical rites of passage. Witches are still asked for charms and spells to provoke reproductive fertility. Uh, fertility takes many forms outside of pregnancy, absolutely. This spell focuses specifically on helping a couple conceive. It must be emphasized that this applies to cases where there are no physical reasons why a couple are not conceiving. Again, a spell will not just cure something, you know? I mean, miracles can happen. Sometimes they do, but this isn't just a treat-all. It, it's an aid. Um, but it may be adjusted to focus on fertility in other ways, such as blessing for crops, a garden, or a project. Timing. The best moon phase for the wax are the waxing or full moon for fertility and growth. Again, the Scorpio full moon, no time like the present. And the best day is Monday as its patron, the moon, uh, rules matters of pregnancy and childbirth. Preparation. Work this spell outdoors in a green field, preferably shortly after dawn. For safety's sake, you may wish to take a longer friend to watch and ensure you are undisturbed. Yes, please. Always safety and which numbers. You will need tea light, white or green, a needle, matches, clean jar, ripe corn, nine ears, patchouli essential oil, three drops, green cloth, four inches uh, square, black cord, 24 inches in length. Number one, using the needle, inscribe onto the surface of the tea light a downward pointing triangle traversed halfway through by a horizontal line, while saying goddess of earth holds seeds of a birth. Two, 
Now inscribe a waxing crescent moon saying, Goddess of the moon, swell the grain soon. Light the candle and place it in the jar. <clears throat> Three, facing the sun, hold up the corn in your cupped hand saying, Goddess of fire, warm this desire. Four, place the corn in the center of the cloth and anoint it with patchouli oil. Bring the corners of the cloth together and fasten it to a pouch with the cord. Place the pouch in the center of your circle and dance or walk around it nine times. Um, if you have mobility problems, chant the three lines uh, above three times each. So you can just repeat that. Five, give the pouch to the woman who desires the pregnancy to wear every night for the next three moons. <clears throat> Protection spell. Sometimes we need to feel safe and shielded from the ill will, envy, or hatred of other people. Because part of opening up to the craft makes us sensitive to the atmosphere or energy that, can, that this can generate, it is good to renew our protection on a regular basis. This is not to keep the world out. Dealing with sometimes unpleasant situations and people is a part of life, <laughs> yes, but a protective shield can function to filter out the worst of the bad emotions that dysfunctional people may direct towards us. If nothing else, a witch should know how to protect herself. Like, I, I truly believe that. I know that a lot of people are prone to going with the love spells, of course, at first, but protection to me is like tantamount to anything else. Like the thing I told you, the charm <clears throat> at the beginning I was telling you about with the three, I was supposed to say the three cinnamon rolls, the three cinnamon sticks and the black tourmaline that is about protection. If nothing else, you should take the, the, uh, take the steps to protect yourself. And, uh, you know, that's not just a thing of the seen, but also the unseen. Um, if we do not shield ourselves to some extent, we will soak up the depression, pessimism, and negativity and become unwell. This spell is suitable, is a suitable antidote to those tendencies. Hey, shout out in past. Really pay attention to this part. <laughs> All right. Timing. Cast the spell on a dark moon and on a Saturday ruled by ringed Saturn. Preparation. Prior to casting the circle, ensure that the charcoal is lit in the fireproof dish. Blend together the carrier oil and the cypress essential oil. You will need charcoal disc, fireproof dish, carrier oil, one teaspoon, cypress essential oil, three drops, <clears throat> black candle, eight inches in length, matches, dried juniper berries, eight, and salt in a single hold dispenser. Um, I think I've told you before, but I like to use almond oil as my carrier oil if you're looking for one that uh, you need to use. Casting a spell. One, annoy the candle with the blended out oil, rubbing first bottom to top, then top to bottom, then bottom towards top stopping halfway up Two, light the candle saying Lilith of the dark moon, Hecate at the crossroads, Kali at the threshold. Three good ones, right? Three, place the berries on the red hot charcoal, pour a single ring of salt on the floor around yourself, the candle and the incense saying, I stand within protection of the triple goddess. Hell yes. In fact, if you want to add a hell yes on the end, do that. <laughs> Four, Place your power hand, writing hands, your uh, uh, dominant hands, on your heart and say, the protection of the triple goddess resides within me. You're protected within and without, outside of the bonds of the circle once it's broken. Five, sit down inside the salt circle, concentrate on the candle flame, and visualize a shield of protection within and around you until you feel safe and confident. Blow away the salt circle with your breath and allow the candle to burn down safely. You know, I, was, uh, I talked about this last week in uh, protection spells as well. Uh, I always like to, when I'm, I'm thinking about the shield, I kind of like to think of it as like a force field. And I always try to emanate purple light with it because purple is like very protective. So if you want to add that in, go for it. If there's something that you feel like works better for you, if you want to see litter, if you want to visualize literally a shield, yes. In fact, if you want it to be like the shield of Medusa, 
Because what's more powerful than that? And talking about like a triple goddess aspect, she would be an amazing one for protection. Oh, gosh, I love Medusa. I mean, I know you all know that, but I just love her so much. Okay, and we're going to end on a banishing spell. I actually just recently did a banishing spell and it went quite well, but I did mine with um, the jar, the way that we talked about with the jars, where you add the vinegar and the person's name and you bury it at the crossroads and you walk away, you don't look back at it. That's the way I like to do it. But here is another example. <clears throat> we're almost there. A banishing spell. A banishing spell is not about making people disappear. Right. Do harm to none. <laughs> Let's not. We're not trying to take any people out. We're trying to keep them the hell away from us. Um, although it might be tempting to fantasize that we could do this when someone is causing us distress. It is about dispelling bad behavior and replacing it with more appropriate quality. You need to give serious thought to the consequences before casting this spell. Whether Whatever is banished must be replaced. Magic pours a vacuum. Unless bad behavior is replaced with something constructive, the person's concern will continue to be destructive. Uh, timing. The best time for this spell is a waning moon and the best day is Saturday ruled by disciplinarian Saturn. Saturn is going to get us all in line and I love it. Preparation. If carrying out this spell on behalf of another, consider doing some healing work with that individual. Reassure them that in doing so, you are not implying that the fault lies with them. You will need one black candle, eight inches, matches, hair signature or signature perpetrator, plain paper, two inches, Pure alcohol, one teaspoon, Epsom salts, one teaspoon, fireproof dish, a heatproof mat, <clears throat> mat, oh, sorry, I'm really uh, drying out, and um, flower bulb, compost, and pot. Casting this spell. Number one, light the candle saying, old one, wise one, slow but sure one, guide my spell and be it done. Two, hold up hair and signature saying, I name thee, names, power. Uh, then wrap it in a paper and fold three times. Three, place Epsom salts and alcohol in a fireproof dish, which you have placed on a heatproof mat and light. Holding the folded paper, say, as the moon shrinks to bone, the spell shall burn this paper down. Throw the paper into the flame. Four, hold the bulb before the flame, saying, out of the ashes, I name thee, and the quality you wish that this person is going to replace, like, the, the bad behavior with and good. Uh, plant the bulb in the compost, add the ashes to the compost when cooled. Five, give the plant to be tended to the one who requested your spell. So this is definitely more, the wording in this and the way it's presented is definitely more to me in the Wiccan tradition. Whereas um, the banishment spell I gave you before with the jar is definitely more in like uh, folk magic, magic of the earth kind of sense. So <coughs> to me, if you're, <coughs> wow, to me, if you're doing the banishment spell uh, described in this Wiccan book, it is more in line with like balance and wanting to replace a good with a bad. And, you know, the like rule of three is very much like a Wiccan thing. Not all witches subscribe, subscribe to that. And so this type of banishment may work for your situation. For me and the one that I told you with the jar, that is definitely a banishment of like, I... I don't want this person to disappear as in I don't want any harm to come to them, right? We never want to do harm, but I want this person away from me, out of here. Like, there's nothing to me that is to be amended with this person. There's nothing to me that is to be fixed. I just want them physically away from me. And I think that is okay too, as long, again, as you're not trying to harm them. You know, it's just self-preservation versus harming others. We definitely don't want to harm others. So if this one works for you, amazing. If something you need to perform for someone else, amazing. If, <coughs> if, um, lost my train of thought, it, but if you 
want something that is like tangibly, I need this, this person, this situation away from me, then I would go with the other one. Um, you know, banishment spells kind of go into me in the arsenal with protection. You not need to not only be able to protect yourself, but you need to be able to keep things at bay that are not serving your greatest good or that may seek to do you harm, you know, and in conversations about not wanting to bring harm to others, we have to make sure that we're not allowing any harm done to ourselves as well. So all that being said, that is our episode for this week. Uh, sorry for this. <laughs> I, um, I'm probably going to do my grocery order soon, so I will try to get some Zyrtec in my life. It's Zyrtec, goodness, Zyrtec in my life. And I uh, keep with my nasal spray, and hopefully I won't be such a dusty mess next week, and I'll be able to breathe and talk. Um, anyway, so thebadwitchpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send any uh, emails over patreon.com slash badwitch. I will pick up doing our uh, shoutouts next time. I just... I was like, if I have to read any, if I have to like put any extra and try to read any more than this and do people's names, I'm going to mess it up because I'm like so out of my mind right now. My head is so stuffy. Oh, but we did get three new patrons sign up. So like, goddess bless you. You're the best. I was expecting it to go down to zero and we're like adding again and going back towards 50. That's so amazing. And I appreciate it so much. Um, and then on there we have readings, we have witch email, um, for, uh, our witch email level. I'm sending out merch right now. Cause I can't go to the post office <clears throat> and can't go to a lot of my like witchy shops are closed here. Um, so just a heads up if that is the level that you're on, you will get something. I promise. <laughs> it's not what I normally do. It's not as personalized, but you will get something. So working on it. Um, for the Facebook group, uh, just search Bad Witch, and the answer is The Craft. Oh my gosh, I just forgot because I don't, my brain's not working. It is The Craft. I will also accept Blubber, Blubber, Teen Witch, The Covenant, and The Coven, which is not a movie. It's just something I made up, <laughs> but maybe in the Scorpio Moon, this is the time to write it. And, um, oh, Teespring for merch. I'm actually going to put out um, a new merch design too pretty soon because we got pop sockets available to us now in fanny packs. And I thought that would be really fun. So <clears throat> we're going to be putting that up and then I will uh, figure out what kind of proceed I want to give to uh, charity. Oh, I do want to say also, if you're doing any kind of charity initiatives, please feel free to post them in the Facebook group. Um, if you're uh, selling um, you know, witchy goods and you're doing a kickback for that. I'm not like big on self-promotion being in the group, but if you're selling something, providing something, collecting donations for something, you know, obviously be cool about it. It's not to self-promote. It's not to like gain money for yourself, but if you are actually doing it as a charitable initiative, please go for it. I just want to help people as much as we can. And it's great that I get to, you know, donate for my food bank, but there's many, many others and many, many services that need our extra help right now. So please share any kind of charity you're doing. If you're making masks, anything like that, that's awesome. Um, I think that's it. Okay. Thank you for bearing with me. I love you all. Blessed be and goodbye.